You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702 Afternoons. With Rilebogile Mabuta. Live. Online. Smartphones. The 702 app. DSTV channel 856. 92.7. And 106FM. Eight minutes after two o'clock, it's the second and final hour of 702 Afternoons with myself, Libchile Mabocha, on this Wednesday, which means we are hosting a masterclass. And in this masterclass for today, we're talking about the experience of first-year students. So those of you, what is it that you experienced? Maybe this might have been 20, 30 years ago. Come and share with us the things that might have been a culture shock um, and, and maybe the positives of the kind of support that you received and then we'll talk about those of you that are preparing to start at university or have just started and we can talk about the expectations you need to have as a first year student and also we will cover really what is the difference between being in your high school education to where you are now some of you there hey it was nice celebrating eight nine distinctions and then you get to varsity and you're like whoa Kanti, life is rough that's the conversation we're going to have and i want to hear from all of you come through with your questions come through with your experiences also come through with your tips and tricks for the first year students O double one double eight three oh seven oh two and you can send us an sms on three one seven oh two tweet us at Rilebukhile M at radio seven oh two using the hashtag seven oh two afternoons and the WhatsApp line O seven two seven oh two one seven oh two. 702 Masterclass. Our guests for today's masterclass that are joining us in studio, we have Jerome September, who is the Dean of Student Affairs at Wits University, as well as Jamine Naidu, who is psychologist and therapy services team leader at the Counseling and Careers Development Unit at Wits University. Thank you so much to the both of you for coming through to studio and joining us for this conversation. Good afternoon. Thank you for having us. So maybe let's start from your side, um, Shamin. I mean, really, you obviously have a very clear picture of the headspace that this young matriculant is coming out of. And I I sort of look back at my experiences of how you feel like the school thing is never ending. That's Mm -hmm. the only life you you remember clearly is attending school. And then the relief of like... Yo, it's it's done. Yeah. That thing where you like pins down, ne? Mm. And then after pins down, you're like, yo, okay, <laughs> I'm starting university. And some might have even gone to the anxiety of not knowing if they're gonna even mm. get a place. Others, it's sort of like everybody's known. They've got they've got the bursaries. They've been getting the A's, and so not everybody has the experience of like, oh, I I get to choose because I've been accepted mm. to four different sure. you know universities. And now finally that time has come. And you're on this massive campus compared to, you know, sitting in a a building of maybe Mm. a school of 200. Mm. So I think you uh, just uh, the last words you use touches on one of the most significant things that students first years um, come through with, which is adjustment issues, Mm. adjusting to the size of the university. So adjusting academically, socially, emotionally, uh, geographically. Um, and that comes with lots of um, anxiety, stress, mm. um, and then I think just you, you know on its own. If you if you coming on your own to university, um, you don't always come with your friends. So mm. there's lots of loneliness and and a sense of anxiety around who am I going to connect with? Am I going to survive this, etc. 
the other hand, you also get those ones. You said the all the A's, eight A's, ten mm. A's. We've heard. Recently. I saw somebody yes. who got thirteen okay, distinctions. Sure. Okay. I was like, right. I hope you had a life. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> so it's that as well. Coming in with expectations of still uh, intending to study what they what they would like to, or being uh, pushed into studying things that they don't want to do. Purely mm. because of that financial assistance that they may have or what mm. they have to study in terms of um, what family needs are, etc. So there's a lot of that that, that first, year comes, uh, first year students come in with and need to transition in terms of settling into university. As well, of course, a myriad of psychosocial challenges that, yes. that students face. Because I'm also thinking the many students who are leaving their hometowns because some of the mm. big universities are not necessarily in their hometowns. So it's not just a oh, bigger campus. It's mm. like, oh, now I've gone from, mm. you know, living in a semi-rural or a township area right. to now living in the city, possibly at Riz. And then yeah. I'm also thinking about the students who are like, my parents had just enough mm. to pay my fees. I actually need to figure out what I'm going to eat. Absolutely. Or just made registration. Yes. And, uh, the, the, the financial kind of challenges that come with staying at Varsity. And we do, we, we have a lot of those students as well. Yeah, Unless you accidentally get 14 million rands from Nesfus <laughs> and then you're okay. <laughs> sure, but touching sure. on that, I think the important thing is in the first instance to, to actually apply for assistance. Mm. So as we're sitting here right now, it's mm. not too late. Mm. Um, NASFAS only close on the 31st of January. So if you've not yet applied and you think you qualify, it's to apply for those. The second thing would be to touch base. So, so maybe just, yeah. just on that, yeah. when you say it's not too late, when do, when are the deadlines actually there? Because, you know, I recall, and I don't know if this is still the case at school, where actually it, it they made us feel like what's happening in gra- at the end of grade 11 is like it and in the prelim. Yeah. That's mm. it, guys. Yeah. That's it. It was yeah. almost like that sense of urgency. So, you'd constantly feel like you were too late. Yeah. So, so, so the important thing in terms of admission to university, you should probably be busy applying from around May to June onwards. F- some courses close fairly early, particularly if you want to do medicine. Mm. But other courses, so it would be from around August to September, closing dates are there in terms of your admission to university. Mm. The second thing would be to stay connected to a range of funding organizations who might have their own application deadlines and so on. So essentially, all the way through your matric year, your eye need to be on mm. deadlines and things like that. But if, let's say, you are now finding yourself in a situation where you have not applied, mm. NASFAS is still open. And the second thing I would recommend is that you touch base with the institution that you're going to and ask them whether there are still funding opportunities Mm. available. So in some instances, there might be a merit award that that you can still get. Mm. Um, There might be other bursaries that have later kind of requirements. Mm. But at the moment, NISFAS is definitely still open, so apply for that. Secondly, connect with the institution you're going to to find out whether they have opportunities available.
people. And I'm glad you're mentioning this because I stumbled upon the tweet of somebody who was talking about his younger sister did exceptional and she mm-hmm. got accepted for medicine. When I opened that report, I'm talking 100% for maths and 100% for science. Mm-hmm. Straight A's. Mm-hmm. And I, I just couldn't understand, like, mm-hmm. why is that not an obvious bursary or an obvious sponsorship mm-hmm. that a person had to go out to Twitter? Yeah. Is it lack of information? Because some mm-hmm. people maybe don't know. So when I was in high school, I was sponsored by Telcom for my maths yeah. and science marks via their foundation. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards was offered a bursary by Momentum for actuarial science. So there are also many private companies that maybe people don't know. And the only reason I found out about them is they came to our school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there are two things here. The one is often a student, uh, let's take the rural student example. Mm-hmm. Often the student feel university is kind of not for us. I'm going to kind of wait and see how the results go because I'm not too sure whether I'm going to pass, whether I'm going to do well, whether I'm going to be admitted. It's a host of stuff that goes up in the mind. The first thing is apply, Mm. right? Knock on the door. No Mm. door will open if you didn't knock. Mm. Mm. So apply, apply to the world. (laughs) So apply everywhere that Mm. you think you might be able to get into. The second, it it does require a little bit of proactiveness. The second is to ask the questions and to kind of put yourself out there. So this one in your example that got 100%, I would imagine, depending the institution they go to, that the chances are high Mm -hmm. that they'd be able to qualify for for an entrance merit scholarship. Mm -hmm. Now, that might not cover everything, but it will get you going. Mm -hmm. The second thing when you arrive is to immediately also try and find out what the other funding opportunities are. But yes, the great thing, if you're poor, and your family income is below 351,000 mm. rand, NISFAS is still open. It will fund that medical degree. Mm. It will fund it for all the years. And what you need to do is pass. Mm. So, yes, the funding is a major issue, but it's not an insurmountable um, kind of issue in terms if you're passing, if you've got good grades, knock on the doors and funding should become available. So when we come back from this break, I want to touch on the missing middle who, and it, it really is difficult. We were having a conversation earlier this week about how being middle class, you look so rich, but you actually just have access to credit. And the likelihood is you're even poorer than your relatives that are back at home because you're owing with your property and your car. So you're in debt of like 1.5 million. Mm. They're like, I only have 300 rands. Mm. That 300 rands is still more than mm. what is owing. So I want to touch on that as soon as we come back from this break. And of course, we open the lines 011-883-0702 and the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. 702 Masterclass And today's Masterclass as we continue the conversation with Jerome September who's the Dean of Student Affairs at Wits University and Shamin Naidu, Psychologist and Therapy Services Team Leader at the Counseling and Careers Development Unit at Wits University We're talking about first year students the tips and the tricks to get by um, the experiences that some of you may have had and maybe the things that you didn't expect and there are actually so many dynamics so we already had started on the part of the conversation conversation around opportunities to still get funding even right now it isn't too late um you can give us a call on audible one double eight three oh seven oh two and send through your questions or comments or thoughts to oh seven two seven oh two one seven oh two via the whatsapp line i want to just pick up um jerome i mean you spoke about those that are 350k household income and under that missing middle 
that is living on credit and debt that is absolutely struggling that's going to be um, knocked hard with you know what's happening with mm. our economy mm. load shedding all those things mm. what options are available to them um, I, I know that we, we, we touched on the fact that yes there are private companies that you can even approach search for those scholarships but you mentioned something that maybe some people don't think of is your crowdfunding yeah so it is tough for the missing middle and I think one must accept that that it's really tough mm. and and they need to work I think outside of NISFAS and so on for the poor they need to work slightly harder in terms of trying to get something so there's crowdfunding platforms that some students use to be able to to try and find funding there's what we call ISFAP the ICUSASA student financial aid scheme that particularly looks at um, this category of students but again I would say touch base with your institution mm. because many instit while well, all institutions have student financial aid offices and those are the offices best place to kind of guide you mm. if you're also in particular fields let's say in mining or you are in science they are often also area specific bursaries and so on that that, that is available so 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 it's not going to be easy but there are opportunities to try and find ways of funding your studies. And I also think people shouldn't be afraid to share with people. Yes. You know, because you'll be surprised. I've heard of stories of somebody being like, I told my boss that my niece did this yes. well, and they got the company to spot, to sponsor yes. them. So also use your networks of people. But on that, um, I just want to find out from a psychology point of view, how much d does the financial stress play? on the first year students, especially considering some of them are sitting with the pressure of being the first in their mm -hmm. family mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. attend university, mm -hmm. where maybe they're now that sibling that everybody's looking to to secure work mm -hmm. to take care of everybody else. Literally everybody in the village sacrificed for sure. that one person to go to university. Mm. I think as you can expect, absolutely. Financial stress causes uh, a whole range of other emotional um, difficulties with regards to coping at university. Because if you're worrying about where your money is coming from, are you going to get your fees paid? If in addition there's lack of food, um, sustenance, um, it's a, it, it adds to issues of shame, mm. identity issues, self-esteem issues, and all of that then affects uh, social and emotional coping mm. and then of course that affects the academics um, in turn as well because if, mm. you, if you're not okay uh, physically emotionally uh, physically in terms of nutrition as yes. well you're not going to have the resources to to spend the time that's needed to study and also it, it affects social connecting because of the shame so because uh, one what we do know is that students absolutely need a good support system um, mm. to, to, to manage adversity. They need that sense of balance as well. Mm. Um, and, and that is harder to achieve if you're worrying about where your, where your finances are coming from. Mm. Um, even just um, thinking, you know, while we are talking about finances, what are those extra finances that maybe parents who can afford need to be aware of? They're not surprised when their child is like, please send me 500 rands. That like, <laughs> listen, they're not actually trying to scam you. There are real ad hoc miscellaneous mm. um, funds, also depending on what your, student, your, your child is studying. Well, I think they are kind of the obvious things. The obvious things, of course, is about arriving at the university, setting myself up in my room, thinking about things like kettles and irons and those yes. sorts, sorts of things to, to, to kind of get you going. The, the, but connected to that is then also the social life aspects 
um, of being at an institution. So at most universities, the first two or three weeks, um, there are orientation activities. Um, some of those require funding, if uh, and that depends on the extent to which mm. the student get, gets involved. There are often issues around registering for a club, a society, a sports organization, that sorts of things mm. where there might be a membership um, fee. And then, of course, often there's also issues related to books and getting books or perhaps if you're in the sciences, you might need a lab coat or those sorts of, of expenses that are often not obvious. So, mm. so it might be connected to to the student life components because in the main, the academic components would, would be taken care of. Increasingly, of course, for those who can afford, laptops are an important tool Ish. to have. So I'm to so think scared. about that. Um, and, 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 and kind of a basic phone at the very least so that you can mm. stay connected to your child. But again, at a place like Vits and most institutions, there are support mechanisms in place. So we run a laptop program mm. where a student can apply for assistance. We have a food support program where a student can apply for assistance with with food. In terms of the registration fees, they can connect in there to, to, to see what fee can I waive, what fee can mm. I pay a bit later. So, so in terms of just to help manage that. The other thing is... Because, sorry, it's not yeah. just the laptop. Like, you also now need the software. Mm. What am I working in? Like, it's so many things. Mm. And the reason I'm saying I'm so scared is because I heard somebody saying to me, wait till your child is in <laughs> primary school. They now need iPads. I was like, what? Yeah. So what are they going to use and need in varsity yeah. Yeah. if they need iPads yeah. in primary school? Yeah. Mm. So, so in the VETS case, and again, linked to your institution, we run what we call a two-week gateway to success program. You arrive. It's a smooth entry in. You get your laptop, there will be people to assist you with even where's the button to switch the laptop yes, on. Yes, nice. What yes. is the software that mm. you need? There are tutors that will assist you. There are mentors that will assist you. So link into those sorts of programs. Don't get caught in everything else that you're not connected to your core purpose of mm. being at the institution. How is Groove not part of my purpose? <laughs> groove, groove is. <laughs> groove, groove is important. I had this I mean, <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> I had this debate, with, 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 this conversation with, with someone this morning. Groove is important. Living a balanced yes. life is important. <laughs> but don't don't miss the dream. Don't mm. sacrifice mm. the dream. So when you arrive, remember, if you're coming to VIT, you're coming to a place with 40,000 students. Mm. Uh, you're going into RES, 6,500 students in RES. Connect to your dream. Yes. And from the word go, try your best to get into the balance so that you don't overcommit mm. Um, on the social front and not be connected to what's happening. And if you're stuck, because we all do get stuck, there's help. Mm. Yeah. Reach out for help. All Vitsis, for example, will have a mentor the minute they arrive. You're making me want to be a first year because I, <laughs> I never had this experience yeah. of going to varsity and not having yeah. to do my bills at home stop, though, when I come and be a first year <laughs> at 37 years old. We're going to continue with this conversation when we come back from Eyewitness News Headlines. And, of course, please share your experiences, but also your questions. Those of you that are preparing for first year, you have the right people in studio that can guide you, not just from 
tips about finances, but just life on campus, you might be absolutely terrified because you know no one, you don't know where to go. What are some of the things you maybe need to ask prior to arriving? If you are a parent and this is your first child going to university, you yourself will have questions because you're trying to maybe be like the responsible parent, but you're also trying to be like, how do I keep my kids still talking to me and telling me what's going on while they're at varsity? And that will continue when we come back from Eyewitness News headlines. 702. Masterclass. We continue with our masterclass for first year students. We have Jerome September, Dean of Student Affairs at Wits University, and Jamine Naidu, psychologist and therapy services team lead at the Counseling and Careers Development Unit at Wits University. And we are taking your calls on 011-883-0702 in the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. We have already covered a couple of issues um, just pertaining to the preparing part, but I want to you find out from yourself, Shamin. I mean, um, um, even John Pullman just advising on what people can, young people can take out of this experience. What happens now when this person has started off and all is well, but they just know from week one, I, I chose the wrong thing. This is not for me because... Again, I think there is a, a gap in the high school space where, yes, they have the career days and everything else, but truly understanding what your qualification is about, not just the job after you're qualified. They might arrive in that first week of lectures and realize, I don't mm. actually want to do that. What happens in a situation like that? Sure. So so where I'm at is at the Counseling and Careers Development Unit at uh, Atwoods University. All the universities tend to have a similar kind of center. Yes. And we, we really just there for career education, career counseling. So students who are unsure need to actually come. It's a free service for the students. Um, they, they can have a discussion around their results, their career interests, um, the, the, uh, the degree they registered for, what their options are. It isn't too late to change as well. You do get a period up until when you can deregister and register for another course. Mm. Of course, however, though, uh, obviously from both uh, faculties or departments, they ha- it, it would need um, uh, uh, approval academically. But there are options for students who are, who are uh, in the wrong areas of study. And how common would you say that is that, you know, out of 100 students, how many actually from first day of first year end up, uh, end up doing something completely different by the time they leave? It's difficult to say how common it is because yeah. we don't necessarily see all the students, you know, that, that feel that way come through to us. Mm. But we do get a fair number coming through. And uh, sometimes it's not, it's not something they recognize right up front because, mm. um, you know, that pressure to succeed, to get things done can, can hold them for a little while. Sometimes we see it in, you know, later on, second year even, or, you know, mm. when they're getting close to ending their degree and realizing that they're going to have to go work in this area now. So it is something... If there is any kinds of um, uncertainty or confusion, it is best to come and seek some assistance and and counseling with us because it is something to explore. You don't want to get to the point of finishing your degree Mm. and and being hesitant to get out there into the world of work. It's like individuals will say, I dropped out of medicine. I'll be like, why? They're like, because the day we went to go view a cadaver, I was like, I can't. I was like, how did you not know prior that you can't stand blood, but you wanted to do medicine? But these things um, happen is that sometimes you only realize when you're there. Um, Jerome, just I'm curious from the student affairs side, you know, the conversation we're having is under the assumption right now that the person's just come 
just turned 18. They're just coming out of, out of high school. But there are people who are like, actually, I only now have the funds. And, mm. um, my husband says, you've had the kids. You can actually go and do their dream qualification. I'm now going to be a first year full time student. What, what are those dynamics for that individual considering you're, you now sitting in class with people that are half your age and you're still worrying about, I'm, I need to cook dinner when I get home when yeah. they're talking about, did you see that new ramen recipe? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so by the way, I also didn't go to, to study immediately after school. Um, mm. I worked for a couple of years. And so the first thing is, of course, just wrapping your head around this experience that, that you are now going into and arriving at university and feeling so much older. Yes. Um, and some of the stuff you'll probably say to, mm, not for me. Um, but again, I think the, the important thing is to, to understand why you are there and what the potential support is that you can tap into. Mm. So while you'll find that most of the activities are geared towards the typical um, 18 year old who's just leaving school, we do try to also tailor make um, some support for the older student. So in terms of the counseling service, for example, that's available to you. Mm. Um, the clinic, that's available to you. And so, again, it's about connecting with us so that we can have a better understanding of what your particular issues are. But of course, because you're, you're older and because you have all the, the other sorts of responsibilities, it might just be a good moment for you to just connect with what you're really passionate mm. about. So so it might be that, that there is perhaps a student club or a society or something where, where you can actually make quite a meaningful contribution. And we often also look for people with a little bit of life experience to be mentors. So it's mm. also an opportunity to perhaps give a little back to the others. But I would imagine in terms of academically, again, connect with the support services that's available. Because in essence, I mean, that person will be doing a group assignment with this 18-year-old and this, this person, but it is so doable mm. um, if a person is open to the process and they obviously are of the understanding. I mean, you mentioned off-air that you sometimes have a student and their parent starting university at the same time, which yeah. I think is so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So connect back to, I think John spoke about it, what this university experience. And so how do I open myself up for new experiences and the possibility of often even learning from people that I think are much younger than me with no <laughs> world experience, right? And so, so, so being open to that, understanding that you, you're probably going to need to take a step back often to allow others to also yes. say something and so on. But it can be an incredibly enriching experience nonetheless in terms of your own journey and your own development and how you connect. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have all of your questions for 702 Masterclass. We continue with our Masterclass with our guests, Jerome, as well as Shamin. And we're going to jump straight into the calls. 011-830-702 in the WhatsApp line. 072-702-1702. Tandanani in Soweto, how are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Good, good. So tell us about the tips you have for the first years. Yeah, uh, one of the tips is communicating. You know, one what what I discovered in first year is that I was so overwhelmed with what was going on. My parents also 
did not know what to expect and even how to support me. Mm. So I discovered that as soon as I stopped communicating with home, a lot of things became overwhelming for me. And I also wanted to remind them to always remember why they are there, you know. So this weekend, for example, we're having a Life After High School workshop for our uh, learners in the community. And it's for class of 2022 and 23. So it's just that. It's just the fact that you can get so overwhelmed and you mm. can forget why you're there. And also you be- you become alone and you stop communicating with home, especially when you're financially constrained. I know that with my course, I was studying uh, architecture at Wits University. Mm. And there are a lot of like costs I didn't prepare for, like printing costs and things mm. that, that were way beyond what my what 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 I could afford at the time. So calling home and saying I don't have bread because I needed to print an A one sheet of paper for submission. <laughs> you should have eaten the A one and pretend it's a slice, <laughs> babes. <laughs> so um, I'm just saying that I think it's really important to make sure you always communicate with home. And I think one of the other adjustments, the last one, is that. Um, at school, in high school, the transition was that most of your learning happened in class. And then when you went home, it was like just a little bit of homework. Mm. But in varsity, uh, specifically, it's the other way around. It's almost like you do like a glimpse of the work mm. in the lecture hall. And the rest of it is up to you to read. So that kind of... Um, uh, preparation is also important for, for our young people to know. Ah, uh, Tandanani, thank you so much for such a beautiful call. We've got a voice note. Hi, Rilebokhile. This is Charlotte from UJ. I was also a first-year student many years ago. Uh, I'm a former TWR alumni. I teach first years. I love first years. Mm. And my best tip is that if you are struggling, come forth early. Mm. End of term one you will establish already where you are struggling. Mm. So do not wait until it's too late Mm. to get assistance for anything. So do not wait until it's the end of the year and you have failed your modules Mm. and then you come forth and say, I've been having family issues, I've been struggling to adapt and so on. No, come forth as soon as you realize that you are drowning. Mm. Contact your department, contact your lecturers and get the assistance so that the, the intervention can be early. Thank you mm. and all the best to the new first years that are coming to UJ. Oh, thank you so much. Here's another voice note. Hi, Klewokhile. Tendo here in Tankard West. What a great topic. Yeah, I remember when I was in grade 12, um, the very deep rural areas uh, of Venda. Yeah, could say I was one of uh, the top performing learners with my average on mathematics and physical science of about 50, 60. So when it comes to applying in tertiary, um, I remember I only applied in UJ for optometry, but I, I knew very well that um, the chances of me getting at least 50 on both math and science were slim. So I also applied for a law degree at the University of Venda, 
and yeah, I didn't pass both math and science. Um, so I resorted to uh, doing a law degree, and today I'm an admitted attorney running um, a law firm with my other partners, and uh, I never looked back. Thank you so much for that voice note. Uh, this is um, first year's experience, I just wish those who are having the first years, they have somebody from their former high school who can help them around. When I went to Vets to University my first year, I fortunately had a brother of my friend who was already there at Vets, mm. so registering at the different classes, the different halls, the different class schools and things like that. It made a whole lot of difference so I could really just get on register for my chosen subjects and enjoy the whole week. So hopefully they also have something like that. And I also paid it forward when one or two students from my former high school joined Vets. Oh, that's such a good suggestion. Really, really good suggestion. Let's quickly go to Ray in Parktown. Hi, Ray. Hi, Debu. How are you? Good, thanks. And you? Uh, awesome. Oh, I'm so happy uh, to speak to you. Uh, um, Ray, just hold on one second. I needed to talk into your handset because I'm struggling to hear you. So just check your uh, mic is not covered by your finger. Okay. Uh, mm. Thank you so much for answering my call. And um, I'm Raymond, and I've been a listener for a while. I remember I used to wake up early in the morning and listen to you around uh, 2019 when you two have a morning. Thank session. you. Yes. Uh, okay. All right, uh, so what I want to actually share, uh, I'm actually a student at birth and currently having to do my final year uh, doing a BA law. Um, so what I actually just wanted to share, for example, like, okay, um, the VET University in general is a great institution, um, regardless of where you're coming from, you could be coming from sheds and the townships and all the stuff, and eventually you're meeting with students who are sometimes are CEOs, people actually running companies, mm. uh, you're, you're studying with international students all over the world, either from the USA or anywhere else. So we're grateful of that. They are a great institution. They always try to sort of like meet halfway students, whether they come from a poor background or a disadvantaged background. But my story that I want to share is like, um, I wish with your guests right now um, uh, on the studio, especially Mr. Jerome, uh, that they should do something about the situation in terms of computer um, uh, loans applications. Because I myself, I went through something which was terrible for me to a point that it led to a point where I was going to be excluded at university due to that. Um, what, what transpired is like, okay, you applied for your laptop mm. and you, the, the institution do grant you that laptop and give you the date and everything for collection. And then you do go excited, mm. go collect, you probably tell your family, your brothers, oh, great, God has just given me this that I needed. And when you go there for collection, there are changes that happen. Um, you might be mm. so, so, so let me do this, Ray, because I want to give uh, the, the guests an opportunity to respond to you. I think we've got the gist of that. And one quick voice note, and then we wrap up the conversation. Hi, Gilebukhile. The advice that I got from my aunt when I went to varsity, she just said to me, use a condom. I didn't understand what she meant. But when I got there, I understood exactly what she meant. A lot of girls find themselves pregnant in their first year. And I think it's from the lack of knowledge. So the girls need to look after themselves. There's HIV, there's babies. You do not want to be the one who doesn't complete their degree because you had a baby. 
Cheers. Have fun. <laughs> I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head on that one because some parents are not <laughs> going to say yay, yay. Okay, very quickly because we've run out of time. I'm going to start on your side, Shamin. Final thoughts. Uh, so I think just to reiterate what Charlotte uh, mentioned, I think the caller from UJ, that uh, there are services available. We mm. cover... Um, we, co- we cover quite a lot at the Counseling and Careers Development Unit. We are there to support students emotionally, mm. um, socially, psychosocially, um, and uh, certainly careers through careers as well. We do lots of awareness raising and encourage students to reach out, but it is on the students to reach out. It's a voluntary service, so to come to us. Um, and where we can't help, we will, we will refer appropriately, but absolutely we, we have therapy services, career services, etc., to support students. And uh, the idea is to come early, not wait till it's yes. too late and come at the point of exams when, when it's difficult to then have anything to do in terms of helping uh, support them through that. Thank you. And from your side? From my side, firstly, on the student who had challenges to reach out to me so that we can mm. see what the actual issue was because mm. the program is designed to support students. Final thoughts. All universities are busy preparing for you as a first year. Mm. Our worlds have come to a standstill because we want to give you a very special experience. At WITS, each one of you will have a mentor. Make use of that mentor. 700 returning students trained just for you. You're not an imposter. You came through the front door. Mm. You applied. You made it in on merit. Grab the opportunity, grab the space, make the most of it and reach out for help if you need to. Thank you so much to the both of you.